Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Every Pokemon episode ever podcast is now on YouTube. Go on YouTube and search every Pokemon episode ever podcast and click that subscribe button to never miss an episode. Welcome back, everybody, to another fantastic episode of the Every Pokemon Episode Ever podcast. I am one of your hosts today, Mr. Wrestling Chris G. And on the other line with me, he's the doctor in the waiting room. It's good old Dougie Fresh. Dougie, man, how you doing? I don't know if I like that doctor very much. I, <laughs> I you know, I, I got some vibes off of that dude. And I didn't I didn't really appreciate his old get up. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, me and you, I'm sure have a have a lot to say about that doctor. But hey, Doug, um, it's not just us this week. Um, it, it's the month of guests, as I'm as me and you was talking off air. But we 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 have one of the the biggest guests that we've had on the show so far, and I'd like to introduce Mr. Jason Page, the original singer to Pokemon. Welcome to the show, Jason. Gotta catch them all, Jason Page. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Every Pokemon ever, Jason Page here from good old United States of America, Denver, Colorado, joining you right now. Uh, How you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. Thank you. They well, thank uh, you for coming on. <laughs> on to I mean, we show. can end the episode now, right? I mean, that's it. I mean, <laughs> not gonna get. I mean, wow, wow. <laughs> so wow. So Jason, wow. as as I stated, um, like when I was introducing you, you are the voice of a generation. Like you, you are the voice that I heard every morning as a child. Started the whole Pokemon a phenomenon like you you are the guy you you are the the tip of the spear so to speak yeah tip of the spear that punctured the universe with pokemon well actually the tip of the spear was the card game and whoever created the card game when they first drew the first pikachu that was the real tip of the spear but i am the tip of the the uh english spear the rock and roll spear the advertising spear the spear that is thrown into the bullseye of hearts and minds and souls of a generation as you said yes the song started out the uh the animated special, Gotta Catch Em All, Pokemon, which, uh, which I voiced. Actually, let me see if that's the right key. 
Yes. Gotta catch him up, Pokemon. It's actually a little higher. This song just seems to get higher and higher every year. <laughs> I don't know how that happens. No. <laughs> as we age, you know, our voices sometimes don't stretch as high as they did when we were but a mere 28 years old. And now I'm, uh, I'm 52. And uh, sometimes I go, wow, that's really high. Like no one ever was. To catch them is my real test. To the train, train them, them is, is my car. car. Oh, that so is that, awesome. Know, <laughs> I've got that a push yeah. Anyway, that's so. So yes, that's who. That's who I am. I. I. Uh, I was the tip of the spear for that. Uh, for that TV show's theme song. And uh, that spear punctured the hearts, minds, and souls of a generation. And and then you guys are the 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 weight of the spear that really carries this spear through the past twenty five years. I'm really uh, it's your enthusiasm and your imagination that pushes this spear forward. The Pokemon sort of product from the company is really minimum compared minimal compared to the product from the individuals that create all of these residual uh, value. Like I said, you guys are creating more value in the ecosystem. So thank you for having me on and uh, oh, you you're know, very and creating welcome. value in the world. You're very welcome. And I, I, I have to say, so with, because with, we, we did um, research on it, so we know everything um, with you that kind of goes far past just Pokemon. But I, I do want to ask you, wh- how, how did how did this all line up for you? How how, how did you get picked um, to be the voice that was on the theme song for Pokemon? Can can, can you kind of walk us through how how, how that kind of happened for you? Yeah, uh, I am a vocal session singer. Uh, I call myself now a vocal gym and a vocal acrobat. <laughs> and uh, I was hired by the company that produced the Pokemon theme song uh, for other jingles and other products and things that I had sung for them before. Now, when you do a jingle for a music house, you're basically a paid uh, audition. So it's, a, you know, a couple hundred dollars or whatever their session fees are at the time to sing the demo. And the demo gets put forth to the client and the client decides whether they like it or not. But the musicians are all, musicians are all paid generally by the Jingle House uh, that is producing that audition for the client. So the client in this case was four kids. They hired the music house and the music house hired me. And uh, we sort of do it. With the hopes that it goes further, and it did go further. I don't think they used any other singers on it and tested any other singers. They just kind of knew that they wanted it to sound like a 12 to 15-year-old rock kid, and that is a voice that I could do because I had done other things for them that were in that same kind of high-energy rock mode, like Domino's Pizza Delivers. So – uh then we just moved on to Pokemon. That's pretty much how how jobs are received in the jingle world. Okay. Um, they could have had other jingle houses working on the same uh, thing at the same time, but they th- this was just one company that was working on it. So there was an an, an audition between many people gotcha. for for the gift. Okay, and uh, Pokemon wasn't really 
perceived or it wasn't as popular as it ended up becoming right at the beginning uh, for this. So w- when you first did your jingle, did did you anticipate it kind of blowing up the way that it did? Um, well, in 1996, I did Lego Mania, Lego Mania. Lego's got a lot that's new for the maniac in you. You'll feel the power, you'll feel, feel. Won't you feel the feeling, Bill? Lego Mania, <laughs> Lego Mania. So that jingle went on six or seven different commercials every year. Different Lego toys would put that little hook on it. So. At that point, I understood what a successful jingle was and what we wanted to happen uh, and went in there to hit the ball out of the park, Grand Slam, like I try to do <laughs> with any particular uh, event that I involve myself in. Um, just like this event right here, this is a Grand Slam hit it out of the park interview for you guys and your podcast. Uh, and I'm hoping that this thing is seen around the world by hundreds of billions of people. Oh, so, <laughs> thank you. That's, you know, hundreds of billions. We don't even have hundreds of billions of people on the planet. That's kind of silly. <laughs> uh, but, you know, for all eternity, this is we, we, we want everything that we do to be done the as uh, with uh, as as much courage will pull us through or a uh, heart and soul as we can so the the answer basically is yes i expect everything to be as brilliant and beautiful and magical as pokemon co- turned out to be but i hadn't it, it far exceeded my imaginations and my expectations of that grand slam the grand slam i was thinking of was it went on tv and i got paid for residuals for all the products that it went on like legomania but this went way 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 further than that into uh this 25 year ecosystem of value that individuals create out of their imaginations enthusiasm for pokemon so Far exceeded my imagination, and my imagination at the time was already quite robust. I could not have given a better answer, Doug. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hand this ball over to you. <laughs> yeah, let me uh, let me pick my job off the floor. I just I want to I want to double check before we go any further. You are recording, right? Like this yes, isn't, yes. <laughs> I mean this. I mean, um, I mean this is phenomenal. We haven't even gotten into anything. Um. I mean, so, because obviously, you know, you've had, you know, quite a, a robust career. I mean, I mean, we could easily turn this into the Jason Page Wikipedia Hour, and we'd be perfectly fine. <laughs> but like, I mean, obviously, you know, you you have this wonderful situation that became, you know, twenty five years of Pokemon. You know, you're. You're never out of it, obviously, because anytime anybody hits play on an episode, you know, your voice is the first thing that they're going to hear. So how does that feel to be part of something that has exploded in like, because you've got video games, you've got, you know, merchandise out the yin yang. Obviously, the card game, uh, the cards are, are experiencing a renaissance now. Um, like, how does that feel to even just be a a part of that? I mean, one could argue a big part, but a part nonetheless. Hmm. 
Well, the feeling is is moment to moment, and and if I had to put it into one word, I would say gratitude. Although that's not a it's a it's a feeling, but it's also an active sort of emotion, a thought process of thinking about how things unfold, and that gratitude is something I. I I think it's just an important feeling that we have for anything that we look at. I'm looking at a building across the street. This Somebody put this building up. It's 48, 50 stories high. And the engineering and design that went into it, the, 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 no, the, the, the workmanship, the, the science, the history to put this building up is a miracle. And, and I can have profound gratitude for that. And Pokemon is kind of the largest intellectual property building that exists in, 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 in history at this point. Also dwarfing uh, even Star Wars that had more time <laughs> to go. Uh, so so it, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a human achievement, a collective human achievement. And at the same time, the achievement of the imagination of individuals. So you got all these individuals throwing their their ideas in, making a podcast, making some independent art, making some independent music, making some some you know YouTube channel, making some some live event, making some technology to make a fuck an app like Pokemon Go. That's an individual that had nothing to do with Pokemon. That eventually got to Niantic and made the Pokemon Go app and, you know, partnered with the with the imaginations of Pokemon and then uh, to tap into the imaginations of billions of people that had grown up on Pokemon. So all these individuals make this collective giant skyscraper in the sky that is Pokemon. And and it's it's I have gratitude for all of the individuals that made that happen. Um because these are miracles of man's imagination when it's empowered and when it's self-empowered and, 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 and the enthusiasm comes from the individual, not from the marketing. Even though I was a part of the marketing, it wasn't really marketing. It was sort of like just laying out the credo of Pokemon, the Ten Commandments of Pokemon, like I say sometimes. I'm Moses coming down the mountains with the tablets Telling everybody to be the very best like no one ever was. And, you know, so there's some marketing involved, but it just it, – it's, it's, it's beyond marketing. You know, it's, it's the individuals marketing, marketing themselves as individuals with all the great things that they do to make this giant skyscraper and that dwarfs all others. That is the Pokemon <laughs> skyscraper <laughs> of reality. All right, how about that for an answer? That that well, all all of your answers are just like I, I like the way how in depth you go with your answers. I, I'm my mind is just blown right now. So I I do want to ask you before we do get into the episodes when Pokemon first came out and your voice was on that show, did you as an adult um, actually sit down and watch any of the Pokemon? Um, episodes or or did you get um kind of like taken in like to the whole phenomenon when it was first starting um i got through a couple of episodes it wasn't really you know something that i was really into uh but in the first in the first few months of course i watched it that's even before it became a hit single and they made the album 
just, you know, was looking at the success of the TV show and it being on three <laughs> times a day. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you know, and I didn't know what, know much of what was going on, but but I got it. I got okay. it. I got the basics. Yeah. And I, I, ha- I just happened to because uh, I actually had the soundtrack when, when I was a kid to, to be a master soundtrack. I had no idea when I was looking things up that you actually did the song for Meridian City. Like you, you, you actually did that song. And I was like, yes, oh, yes, that was part of the that was during a one of the, uh, the, the people that produced that song and co-wrote it were the people that I also co-wrote the Lego mania jingle with. So all of the jingle houses that we were working at, working with at the time all kind of got together and produced music for the, for the album. And that was a, a great track. That's one, one of uh, still one of the favorites. I think people, people think that's one of their favorites um, on that record. And, uh, and I still have really yet to perform that song. Or even reveal myself that I'm the guy from that song as well. I oh. think I need to do another one of those, another one of those videos where I kind of just, you know, lip sync and play the original track with some Pokemon footage over it to let people know I'm the voice of that as well. Well, it's there, its own Jason Page video. There you go, and you and you heard it here. <laughs> you, you should do that. Do yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It's interesting. The past, the, the past. Uh, I have so many successes in the past that. If I don't reveal them on my own to the public, then people won't know that it's me. I kind of did that with my Michael Jackson uh, black and white rap. I made a video that shows that. And I should also probably do that with the Lego Mania jingle as well, just so people will get an idea of that that success as well. It's a great song. It's a really fun song to sing too, yes, the Lego Mania. And, and I mean and I was kind of trying to um, – because, <clears throat> like I said at the beginning, your your career far exceeds um, Pokemon, and I, it, it, like I said, it, or like Doug said, it, it would it would be a whole podcast just about you if we went down your whole career. But Michael Jackson, sure. I, I mean, I, I saw that earlier, and I saw that. Is it true that you you did um, perform at the Madison Square Garden thirtieth um, anniversary concert show? Because I, I did, That's I did. Cool. Sorry. That's correct. That's correct. That's the uh, I think that was his last official United States concert. It was. Um, <laughs> and I was in the background group of background singers that sang throughout the whole show. We didn't just sing for him. We sang for all of the artists that performed in the first act for him, like Whitney Houston and Ray Charles and Liza Minnelli and uh, Destiny's Child and. Uh, there was just tons of people, Luther Vandross, tons of like incredible artists, all thank songs to Michael Jackson. And uh, we were the background group for that. And then I was also in the background group for the Jackson 5 because they did their little set in the, sec- the second part of it. And then for Michael's set as well. And during Michael's set, uh, there was no rap guest for black and white. So they just came to the background singers and said, who can sing this? Who can do the rap to black and white? And, of course, I was right there. I've already <laughs> done that. Done a lot of rapping in my in my musical upbringing. <laughs> anyway, so I was ready to go. And uh, that was fun. That was really amazing. The, uh, the, the emotion that you must have had um, at that concert, uh, that, that just blows my mind. It's just – Ooh, I, I I could never imagine yeah. <laughs> be, being there. It was it was like Niagara Falls, 
if you ever been to Niagara Falls, there is so much energy coming off of the, the Niagara Falls, millions of millions of tons of, of water pouring all pouring over that that thing crashing. It was like that, except the human version of <laughs> of that energy. The, the 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 audience cheering and energy was like a Niagara Falls of energy pouring into Michael Jackson. It was incredible. All right. Well, um, before we get into the episode, Doug, do you have any anything that you want to add to this right before we we get on into um, the Pokemon? I um, I mean, I did have. I mean, the question I was going to ask, he just answered. I was going to ask like <laughs> what it felt like to perform in a, at a packed Madison Square Garden because obviously, you know, I've seen, you know, I've seen multiple sporting events. I've seen you know some wrestling shows. You know, I've I've witnessed that building full for numerous events, but I've never, you know, stood on stage at a at a packed Madison Square Garden. And I mean that just has to that feeling just has to be and this is gonna sound funny saying it, almost undescribable, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It it really is. It really is. It, 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 I remember feeling so big and so small at the same time because that was so central to all everybody's lives, this monumental experience of Michael Jackson and everybody's cumulative uh, experience with him and why they were so excited to see him. And yet at the same time, they were just one sort of blob of 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 sound and scream <laughs> that we were caught up in. So it was a very, really, really a neat experience. All right. Well, if you all listen to the show on a weekly basis, which why wouldn't you? Um, we'd like to go back in history on the U.S. release date for the episode that we're doing. And I don't even think we even announced it. This week's episode is episode 47 and it's called a Chansey operation or coming from Japan, Lucky's clinical records. And this was original. Oh, (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, I mean, so this is going to be our last episode, right? Like, this is it. Like, this, this is it. This is, is the time. We, we, we peaked. I mean, so, this is incredible. So this episode aired in Japan on June 4th of 1998. And here in the States, it aired March 6th of 1999. And, Doug, I'm, I'm going to honestly guess that you – um, beat me this week because mine happened in 2018. So if yours happened anytime sooner, my mouth is going to drop again. So did you beat me again this week? Of course I did. Of course you did. <laughs> so what happened on March 6th for you, Doug? So on March 6th, 1945, if I can just get the right page up, for goodness sakes. <laughs> Gymnast George Neeson of Cedar Rapids, Iowa, receives the patent for the first modern trampoline. Oh, really? Yes. The, the trampoline. Okay. That's... I was scrolling through and I said, "That's unique." That is unique, and that's that's different than what you what you normally do when it comes to to dates in history. So, all right. So the trampoline was patented on this day. Yes, and right. my first reaction to trampoline. 
outside of the iconic Simpsons scene where Homer sees a trampoline being advertised in the newspaper and, and says trampoline <laughs> is um, numerous backyard wrestling federations where guys put up ropes, you know, garden hoses and have matches and I'm using the biggest quotes possible on their trampolines and they break their necks and they put them on grainy DVD footage and, and put them on pay-per-view. Yes. <laughs> Back when pay-per-view was really a big thing. Yes. I, yes. I, I used to watch, watch things, things like that. <laughs> to be honest, I was one of those suckers that bought one of those pay-per-views. I'm just going to throw out there. Hey, you know, you got to support small business. <laughs> so mine actually happened in 2018. And all right, bo both of you get, get this. So in 2018, Forbes magazine named Amazon founder Jeff Bezos as the world's richest person for the first time ever with $112 billion with Bill Gates coming in second place. Wow. Yes. That's a stupid amount of money. This just dumb. <laughs> just wow. I, I saw that and I was like, okay, so that <laughs> I that that's that's my thing. I'm 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 taking it. I'm I'm going for it. But yeah, Jeff Bezos and he was named that and then here twenty twenty one, he's stepping down as CEO and even though he's stepping down and he um and he sold a lot of his stock, he is still the number one richest person in the world. Uh, that, that That's just a side note that I would like to give everybody. Well, somebody's got to do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what you, you know, what are you supposed to do? Then if he says steps down, then somebody else is going to be the richest person. You can't stop it. Someone will always be the richest person. Exactly. <laughs> so that that was my, that was my moment that I'm, and as I'm saying that, I am pulling up the most recent episode that we're about to go over. Are you are you ready, Jason, to go over an episode of Pokemon? Um, wait a second. Because Jason Page is on the show and it is going on. All right, I'm ready now. Holy, that is, I, whoa, <laughs> I might take that and use that on future episodes. Just saying. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, there's, there's been times where I've, I've been glad that this isn't a visual show. <laughs> and this is one, because I'd be on. I, if I wasn't tethered to this by headphones, I'd be on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> I, Thank you. I gotta tell you, I mean, this is outstanding. So uh, I'm just, you know, I just happen to have access to a piano right now, <laughs> so I've been busting out the piano uh, as a tool for communication, which is uh, what it really is. <laughs> yes, it is. So I'm glad you guys, you know, you appreciate that. Oh. Um, so go ahead. All right. So this week's episode, episode 47, A Chansey Operation. We start this week's episode with Pikachu in a tree. And it's kind of a weird 
weird setting because as soon as we start the episode, Pikachu's in the tree, in an apple tree, and then falls out of the tree. Duh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's almost like because we we've, we've mentioned before that like oh you know they've only got twenty minutes or whatever. You know, why are they wasting five minutes up top? It's almost like they heard that and said, we got to go now. <laughs> <laughs> they they, based, they they really did rush it because when Pikachu was up in that tree doing whatever Pikachu, I mean, we're going to find out what Pikachu was doing, but Pikachu literally faints and rolls out of the tree. Yeah, and we get the classic, um, we get the classic um, dazed cartoon X's on the eyes. Yes. And we go straight from that to Misty finding Pikachu over to going to wake up Ash. Now, hey, hey Jason, now by by chance, did did you watch um th- this episode by chance? No, I did not. Okay. <clears throat> I apologize. I uh I did not watch this episode. Oh, well, no, no, gotta, no. We we got to kick you out. Oh, we got to kick him out now. No, we it's gotta, We got to <laughs> So you so then actually that that's actually a great thing because as we're reviewing this Jason I'm I'm going to toss it to you and as as we're reviewing it I'm going to I'm going to ask you basically like your like what is your take cuz this is a weird episode and it's a funny episode and that's why I wanted you on this one because there's there's some questionable things from from the doctor which will come up a little bit later on and I I, I want to get your input on it quite honest. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> so um, Misty goes over to Ash and, and wakes him up. Ash is taking a nap on a bench and she's like, well, something's wrong with Pikachu. Um, Pikachu needs some help. And Brock runs Pikachu over. Pikachu looks sick. Pikachu can't even say, say his name. He's just squeaking. And, Ash and Ash is Ash is a butthole. One oh one, as 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 we like to say on this show. <laughs> Ash literally takes Pikachu, holds Pikachu upside down, and just starts shaking, like literally shaking him. And he's like, "Get it out of you, Pikachu!" And he he knows something's in Pikachu, but. Shaking your your Pokemon erratically like this, like why did why did Brock even let him do this, Doug? <laughs> well, I mean, in, in fairness, and I mean, I, we're jumping ahead, you know, quite a bit. In fairness, a character landing on their head fixes their problem later in this episode. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just I'm just pointing it out. Okay. And I feel like uh, in, in episodes before this, the thing that's lodged in Pikachu's throat would have just popped out if it wasn't for purposes yes <laughs> yeah well uh, well i think it, it's once again it's it's this is about this is about pikachu's ability to be reliant on ash or be self-reliant and i think at some point the electrical charge that pikachu has is going to force whatever thing inside of him out <laughs> and he will he will be self-repairing <laughs> oh, if you only knew, Jason. Only if you knew what happens. I think in- Pokemon, Pokemon Ultimate. I mean, you, you have to interact with them, but they are also self-repairing, right? <laughs> in a way, yes. In a way, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. 
because of but, but so you know in this particular case you know, Pikachu is very important because Pikachu is full, fully electromagnetic. We are in an electromagnetic world. I look out the window. I got 5G towers right across the way. Tons of, of, of internet signal all flying through here. So Pikachu is a, is a very uh, appropriate sort of example <laughs> in, our, in, in our modern world with all the electromagnetic frequencies. Pikachu is, is – health is dependent on interacting healthily with the electromagnetic frequencies that exist. So yes. you know, just put that – throw that into, into, the, into the equation. <laughs> and, and, and straight from that, Doug, um, uh, Pikachu – after Ash was shaking Pikachu, Misty got – Misty got mad. She she literally looked at Ash and was like, Ash, you're doing nothing but making it worse. We need to go to a Pokemon Center and get some help for your Pikachu. And then we go straight from that to the title card. And I'll let I'll yes. let you take it take 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 this next part of the scene, Doug. <laughs> First and foremost, I don't think Misty should be that upset because she's been with Ash for however many months she understands that he's he's a very reactionary person so she's gonna be mad at him for shaking him it's like (laughs) this is his mo but uh we find out through voiceover that there's no pokemon center within miles yes Uh oh all right i'm giving you guys some music oh no no i appreciate it So, yeah, there's no Pokemon Center at all within miles. So they come to an actual people's hospital, and they're banging on the door. And at the, it's at this point that a doctor opens the door who looks like he was sleeping, and they're basically begging um, him to, to help them. And they don't flat out say that Pikachu needs help, which is probably how they should have started it. But he takes one look at Misty and goes, I can never say no to to a, a young woman's face. Yeah, I don't like that at all. I mean, obviously, we've established that Misty is She's only 10. 10 and I, I don't like it because I, I feel like this guy is at least 30. I, 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 I just I, I'm not I'm not. I'm not with whatever's happening here. Um, but yeah, in all fairness, they don't say, oh, please, doctor, my my Pikachu is sick and there's no Pokemon Center within miles. They just say, we need help. And what hospital is closed? Exactly. I That's what I wanted to find out. Like, they're at a closed hospital. Like, Jason, have you ever been to a hospital that ever closed in the middle of the day? <laughs> Well, you know, people got to take breaks every now and then. <laughs> and it might not be the person that you want on duty, but there's usually somebody there. They they shouldn't be closing the doors completely. Unless there's just like one guy and he's like, you got to go to the bathroom. Be back in five minutes. That's, not, that's all, I, all I'll give a hospital. But that's, a, but that's a whole nother discussion. Why is there only one guy working at the hospital? Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, in, in these, you know, in these utopian lands, there's nobody gets sick except for these Pokemon every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. So, it's true. I don't think Ash has had a cold yet. I don't. No, he yeah. hasn't. <laughs> 
So, you know, anytime doctors, doctors get involved, we start to, we don't really, doctors aren't good. We, we need to stay away from the doctors, basically. So, <laughs> and this uh, episode is getting, is veering into hospital things and now hospital protocols. And now we're seeing the, you know, the, the ineptness of the medical industry, even within Pokemon. Yes, it's very crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So we go straight from that and they do a funny little like fast forward um, image, like with a bunch of Pokemon just flying across your screen so they don't have to explain what's going on. But then we go straight from that to Misty sitting on a doctor bed and the doctor just looks at her. He's like, all right, what seems to be the problem, little lady? And, And Misty's like, I'm not the one who's sick. And, at, and that's when Ash brings over Pikachu. And this guy had enough nerve to look at Pikachu and go, this is a people's hospital. This is not a Pokemon hospital. Go take them to Nurse Joy at your local Pokemon Center. And they were all looked at him and was like, well, there's not a Pokemon Center within miles. Pikachu needs your help. So, Doug, go, go ahead and take on this next part. Says I'm a specialist in human medicine. <laughs> But yeah, and I'm obviously, you know, us as the viewer, we're at a bit of an advantage because we already heard the voiceover say that there's no Pokemon Center within miles. Yes. So unfortunately, we have to get that repeated. And, you know, Ash is like, well, he's not going to, he might not make it if we have to go to the, the next Pokemon Center. And he's 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 dead set against it like i say he says well i'm a specialist in human medicine but then he says well but i've never really been able to refuse a request so what are we fighting for (laughs) what's the whole point of saying i'm a people doctor take him to a pokemon just say well i'll do it but like he well well the thing is he he, and the creepiness of this doctor like because he he says i i normally don't um turn down pretty young ladies and he looks right over at misty and he gives her the good old wink like creep creepo doctor all right i don't i don't like it i don't you like know, it. doctors are no, the number one category for suicide really yeah yeah they're the they're the most suicided group that exists of professionals you know so they got these guys have deep-rooted issues so it's nice that they accurately reflect them at first he's he's kind of like doing anything for a 10 year old except to heal the Pikachu, which they totally could, right? I mean, this is discrimination, right? Discrimination at its best. (laughs) At its best, and, you know, the happiness of these kids. should have said that it's her Pokemon, her Pikachu. That doctor would have gotten right in the door. I know. Yeah, right away, right away, right away. And plus, how did they determine, you know, are they using the regular PCR on this thing? How they how they determine the illness of the, the testing here? Are they are they fully into germ theory? These doctors, what's going uh, on? I have no idea. And as we get further into this episode, it's a wonder that this guy even became a doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's. I mean, don't questions. they know berries, berries and stuff that you, you got to give? You got to give these organic berries to Pikachu, raspberries and blueberries and all the other organic stuff that you feed your Pokemon. Come on, it's, it's to, just to keep them healthy. Here. Yeah, everybody knows that. <laughs> so we go straight. Part and parcel of Pokemon Go is feeding them berries. Yeah. Yeah. So he uses his, uh, what, what is that thing called, Doug? Um, stethoscope. That, uh, he uses his stethoscope on Pikachu's stomach and goes, there's something lodged in his, in his throat. 
And he's like, <laughs> we, we figured that out and shaking it didn't work. Doc. I know. We, we already know that. I, apparently, I'm a better doctor than you. <laughs> so Ash is like, hang in there, Pikachu. And he's begging this doctor to do whatever he can to save Pikachu. And the doctor's like, all right, I will. I will do my best. So he they put some electrical pressure charges on Pikachu's cheeks. And it doesn't seem like that's working. It looks like um, Pikachu's static electricity is weak. So they're about to give 10,000 volts. Um, you know, what are those things called that, that they put onto your chest and they basically electric charge you to like... Yeah, I think it's a EEG. Yeah. yeah. That would be a defibrillator. There you go. Yes. And they're, they're about to put that onto Pikachu's chest and... And basically pounce him, try to pounce him back to to life, which we find out doesn't really do anything either. Well, it, it wakes him up to an extent, but it obviously doesn't dislodge the instrument. But it, it wakes Pikachu up to the point where he can at least sit up. Yes. And it's at this point, Pikachu, he, he tells Pikachu to open his mouth so he can look inside. He's like, oh, I see it. All right, everybody. You need to hold Pikachu, and then I'm going to put my hand in, and I will get it out. And he's not wearing gloves. They're so primitive, and you're crazy. It's like you know, you keep trusting the doctor; it gets worse and worse. Now the guy's just going to stick his hand down his throat, and that's it. It's all that's all it is. Apparently, medical technology, years and years of study of chemistry, and all these advanced technology. <laughs> and and Doug Doug just said it best, Jason. Um, he he wasn't even wearing any gloves. He he just takes his hand and just sticks it straight down Pikachu's throat. And when he puts his hand down Pikachu's throat, Pikachu lets out a huge thunderbolt, <laughs> shocking all three of them. Because Pikachu is not okay with this at all. <laughs> I, I've the got single, the single most the single most. Uh, important invention to the public health history that it contributed to the positive public health is washing your hands. Yes. Before <laughs> and doctors figured this out at some point and became way, way more effective. Obviously, they still haven't figured out you got to wash your hands before you stick them down anybody's throats. <laughs> well, this What's was gonna the 90s. To He's going to get diagnosed with some kind of disease after this. Even if they do get the thing out of his throat, He's going to live a life of, you know, potentially a compromised immune system from whatever the doctors had on his hands. Who knows what this doctor's been into? I blame wow. this Pikachu. This is absurd. I can't even. <laughs> I, don't, I can't even believe that we're, we're we guys are having this discussion about this episode. I know this episode got through the censors. Who's who's in control of the the scripts of these <laughs> yeah. things? Who, who was QA no, on kidding. this? Really? I I blame. I'm I'm going to sit here and blame this doctor. For Ash not defeating the Pokemon League for over 20 years. Yeah. Because of this moment right here. Yeah. Pikachu is <laughs> amino compromised this whole It's time. important to examine the narratives that are being laid out in the Pokemon episodes. But I think, you know, the doctor doesn't really know best here. We see the doctor's kind of an idiot, and we, I like that. They're, they're, they're representing doctors and they're in their pure form. They're they're just, you know, they're the authority figure, but they're really doing things blatantly to harm you right there in front of your eyes. So, yeah. So I, I've got a couple of things. One, I've got the screenshot of all screenshots right now. I'm at four minutes and 37 seconds into the episode. 
Okay. The apple is out of Pikachu. Pikachu looks absolutely stunned. Brock is cooked. <laughs> the doctor is holding on to the apple for dear life. It's the screen. It's the screenshot of all time, really. Um, and so we've established that this doctor is a human specialist. Yes. And his first move on a Pokemon after hitting it with the paddles was sticking its hand on its throat because it saw the obstruction. Yes. What is it doing to humans? I I couldn't tell you. I couldn't. I don't tell. think I want to find out. <laughs> so we go straight from that. Just like like you said, um, he takes the apple out of Pikachu's mouth. So uh, the Pikachu literally swallowed an apple whole. How big is Pikachu's mouth? <laughs> I, I'm just gonna throw that out there. Like, really? You like, know, this, this this sounds like some leftover from uh, the Bugs Bunny, Popeye, old school cartoon era, where you know they can do all kinds of crazy things because they're cartoons. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and me, me and Doug have a, have a saying on this show. It is that we, even though we're reviewing this as adults, uh, this this was a kid. Well, this is a kids' cartoon. And we have to remember they have 20 minutes. It's a kid's cartoon. You have to suspend your belief. But really? <laughs> yeah, we've uh, we've uh, we've ran into that a couple times where we just have to throw our hands up and go, it is a kid show. <laughs> yeah, well, our reality is, is very much uh, the rules are being changed often. If you, have, you look around, you, you get certain rules and then all of a sudden they decide, oh, that doesn't work. And they just change the rules and make things happen that uh, – <laughs> I don't want to be too cryptic, but that couldn't have happened had they not yeah. changed the rules on you. Yes. And they're just basically movies. I, I see like that all the time. A movie, I'll have a a rule that it sets like a guy, like a superhero has to fly a certain way. And then all of a sudden he starts flying and he can fly in ways and avoid things that are absolutely ridiculous for him to be able to avoid just for the sake of the movie. And, uh, you know, like to stay rooted in reality. Yes. <laughs> I love those plot conveniences. So we we go from that um, to the doctor basically telling Ash, um, if you would have waited any longer, um, Pikachu would have had some serious respiratory complications. Well, uh -oh. duh. Don't get them on the respirators. The respirators are killing everybody. I know. <laughs> so strange you make this. You're actually reviewing this episode in the middle of a pandemic when we're having such, you know, a back and forth with our medical authorities right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very appropriate episode. So it's I got, a, you guys plan this out, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we'd like to take credit for it, but it honestly just kind of happened this way. It fell into <laughs> our hands. <laughs> That's funny. So from there, um, he, he's blaming Ash. He's like, how could you give a whole, um, apple to your Pokemon that's so irresponsible. And Ash gets real defensive. He's like, I didn't let Pikachu do it. Pikachu did it on his own. And But in the doctor's defense, and the doctor obviously has no way of knowing this, but Ash was asleep on a bench. Yep. It's not like he was watching or you know, walking around with Pikachu and Pikachu picked up the apple and he said, Oh Pikachu, I you know, <laughs> small bites now. Ash was asleep. Yes, he was. So um, straight, straight from that moment, we go into the hallway. Our trio is about to go back onto their adventure when the hospital phone starts ringing. And this is where I'm going to call the doctor a dick for the first time. Because literally, 
the phone is ringing, an emergency call is coming in. The doctor looks back at the trio and is like, I'm on break and just basically shoes off the trio. And Ash, Misty and Brock are like, well, what if it's an emergency? So they go over to the computer and Doug, what what is the next thing that happens to um, to the, to this phone call? Well, they pick it up. And, you know, first we get the the immediate uh, Brock becomes, you know, love struck because it's Nurse Joy, even through a computer screen. <laughs> and then we find out that there was a horrible accident and many Pokemon have been injured. And, you know, this is a this is a situation that needs immediate attention. Now, I had to kind of scratch my head a little bit because. You know, Nurse Joyce says there's been this accident, and then she's got footage of the accident. Yeah. Well, also, aren't they aren't they just supposed to say this is this is human hospital? We don't deal with Pokemon, so sorry, we don't care what happened with your Pokemon. Yeah. Now was, they're all of a sudden doc- concerned about the Pokemon. Was the doctor See, the, the not protocols of the-, the hospital back and forth, back and forth, just like our current hospitals? Really good job with the writers on this. I, I know, for real. <laughs> I, I, I had accurate. some feelings in this episode when I was watching it. <laughs> Doctor might have keeps messing it up. They keep messing it up. <laughs> so yes, Doug. Um, so they she had footage of the accident. Then we go straight from some of the footage of the accident to being live at, at the accident, and it looks like Team Rocket is what caused the accident, and specifically James of Team Rocket. Um, apparently, he wasn't watching the road. Jesse's yelling at him. Meowth. Um, he lost his charm off the top of his head, so he's he's all mad. And then you just see an array of Pokemon that is all around the roadway. And they look back at the doctor and, and they said, well, you, there's no Pokemon Center or the Pokemon Center is currently full. So you need to take in some of these Pokemon to help them. And. The doctor originally doesn't want to do this because he's like, oh, this is a people hospital. But (laughs) but he sees Nurse Joy. And, of course, his line of the episode is he can't turn down a pretty lady. He sits there and tells Nurse Joy that he he will gladly help uh, help her with the Pokemon situation. But he also then says, well, how about after we're done with all this, me and you go out for some coffee? Pizza. Or, or, yeah, for some pizza. Just hit, hitting on Nurse Joy when all these Pokemon are potentially dying all around him. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he, is a, he is a human specialist, after all. <laughs> Specializing in and, what? And there's, wow. there's a reason that her name is Nurse Joy as well. <laughs> it yeah. gives joy oh. to everybody. <laughs> oh, oh boy. That's, that's interesting, Nurse Joy, of course. So I know that this is a kind of a crazy story here, you guys. I mean, this could be this could be extrapolated into a real human life drama. I think they, this may be the script for Detective Pikachu number two. <laughs> it probably should be. <laughs> I was watching this episode. I was watching this episode, and I got some real like ER vibes to this episode. Like it's you know, I mean, ER. Yeah, I used to love to watch. Uh, I used to watch Ben Casey and Quincy. I used to love those medical shows, which is really funny because now Pokemon's like, oh, everybody loves the medical shows. Let's let's just have a medical show. 
<laughs> and they've got a suave doctor that's cavalier and doesn't seem to care. But then, you know, when the chips are down, he rolls up his sleeves and says, well, I am the only one in this hospital. You guys are going to need to grab these coats and help me. Yes. So, yeah, how, how do you guys feel about these images that you got as kids when you were watching these shows? I mean, we're looking at them now in a more critical way. But do you remember anything from your childhood? Are you like going, oh, wow, when I, I remember this one when I first saw it. And it's like triggering these ideas. I, I, when, I, when, I'm watching, when I was watching this back earlier, I, I remembered watching this as a child. But what, what, what's funny about the kid's mind, um, that, which is why um, I, I kind of wanted to do this as, a, as adults, is you look over and you look past so many things as a child. Like watching this, we're, as adults, we're like, okay, um, he's going to ask these three, um, these two 10-year-olds and one teenager to help him save all of these Pokemon. And he's hitting on any any woman or, or any girl that has two legs. And but as a child... Think, I don't even think he would turn down a peg leg if it gets... <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> but he... But looking, watching this as a child... I just looked past it. I was like, oh, cool. Ash and Ash, Misty and Brock are going to save some Pokemon. Um, this is kind of just a one off episode. It has nothing to really do with the series. I, honestly, I was probably more mad than happy that we're not getting a gym battle. Like the story's not really progressing that much. This was just one of those random episodes that they call now filler episodes that they have in the series. Wow, very interesting, very interesting. Because you know, people the, people experience Pokemon in so many different ways, and this is one of the primary ways through these stories that are told. And these stories have little narratives that are that are weaving their way through, and uh, very important to kind of note what they are. Obviously, the narrative of the song has its own embedded. Uh, idea of self-empowerment and teaching each other and you know friendship and courage and all these great things so it's nice to see it, it, how they manifest themselves in each episode and yeah. if it is manifesting itself and in this one i'm not sure i'm getting any of that yet <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> all right so in the in the episode uh, we start hearing some sirens, and the first Pokemon that we see come in are two Chanseys with a Cubone on a stretcher, and Cubone is just crying. And that <laughs> he's asking Chansey uh, what the uh, what the condition of of Cubone is, and it looks like they need to do an external um, scan in one of the rooms for Cubone. And then we go straight straight from that to Ash being in the room. So they gotta they, they gotta actually test out some new medical equipment on him, basically. Yes. Basically, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Experimental treatments. <laughs> so uh, we go straight from that to the room where Cubone is just throwing a fit. Cubone is quite uh, is out of control, just crying and. Um, th th this is Ash being a, well, this is just Ash not thinking, but I'm going to call it Ash being a jerk number two of this episode. Doug, you want to, you want to tell our audience what he does, um, to try to tame this Cubone? Well, cause obviously Cubone is freaking out cause you know, I mean, we could just take a glance and we could see that there's some 
some cracks along the, um, <clears throat> pardon me, the outer skull of Cubone. And, you know, so Ash is like, well, he needs to calm down, clearly. So he calls out Bulbasaur, and he has him do Vine Whip to hold him down. And the doctor, who all of a sudden has a conscience, says, well, you need to be gentler. And he's like, well, How sorry, but he, but he is under control. So, you know, and then, you know, Misty picks him up, and, of course, the, the healing female touch. And, um... Yeah, what do they say? They 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 come out and they 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 look at a scan from Cubo and he's like, Cubo has. How did a, they get that? How did they get that scan? They they're fast forwarding through the episodes. <laughs> they're just going sakes. through. But yeah, they they brought the scan over for Cubo, and a wonder of how they got Cubo to even be still for that photo, but right. um, but they said okay, so he has a thick skull. Um, his skull's um, cracked. So how are we gonna fix Cubone's skull? Um, let's go get some super glue and apply a bandage, and he would just need to rest. What? Well, you know, slap dash <laughs> medicine. Well, there you go. <laughs> Once again, they go primitive. <laughs> and it's they misty. Go primitive. Some tape. Some scotch tape, maybe. I know. <laughs> well, you know, when you get stitches, it's just they're just you know sewing it up. It's some. <laughs> <laughs> wire so and putting a little piece of tape over it which is a band-aid so there you go there you go now get out of our hospital yeah, get out that'll be ten thousand dollars yes right. insurance insurance so we go we go from that and misty picks up cubone and it's misty's magical touch that makes cubone stop crying of course and cubone's all happy now and we go straight from that to the next Pokemon, which is Team Rocket's um, Arbok and a cracked tooth Raticate. And they're both looking at each other, looking like they're wanting to fight each other, but they can't because they're both injured because Arbok is twisted into a knot. Raticate's teeth are fully broken. And <laughs> we, we basically um, have the doctor come over and he sees Jesse. And, of course, the line of the episode, he cannot turn down a pretty girl, a pretty lady. And he asked Jesse on a date for some pizza, even though he just asked out Nurse Joy. This guy is just trying to, trying to play the field. He's, uh, he's got Damn. a Pizza Hut coupon, and he's trying to use it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, Arbok and Radicate are having a bit of a stare down. Doctor comes up and he's like, "Well, that Raticate couldn't fight you even if it wanted to. Its teeth are cracked." And Chancey picks him up and he goes, "Just glue his teeth back in with some super glue. That'll fix it." And it's like this guy, super yes, glue fixes everything. Well, at least he's being efficient, you know. Well, you know, <laughs> he looked in the glue, junk drawer. I could fix, fix everybody up with the glues. So, and but then, randomly. <laughs> Randomly, Arbok went from staring down the Raticate to being passed out in the span of, like, five seconds. And Jesse goes, well, we can talk over the pepperoni later. First, would you would you be able to help my Arbok? And the, he's like, well, we got to take a look here. And 
all of the poison in Arbok's body from it being tied up is circulating to its head and made him pass out. Which is, you know, fair. I mean, that's, you know, kind of let's not, you know, make dinner plans here. Let's kind of work on the sick and injured Pokemon here. Yes. <laughs> so uh, at least until we run out of super glue, because right. you know, we got then, super then glue to fix them all. Then we're in trouble. Once we run out of super glue, boy. And um, they're getting high off of that super glue, too, at the same oh. time. Oh, with what happens in this episode, I think you might be right. <laughs> because we go straight from that to they fast forward again and they're back in the in the room where Ash, uh, Misty, and Brock are, and they're like, oh my gosh, the twerps are MDs? And Ash is like, don't trust them, Doctor. These two are from Team Rocket. And the Doctor basically has to talk everyone down and saying that the hospital is a mutual place and you don't, they don't see bad guys or good guys. They're here to help out the Pokemon. And it's this moment right here that he gives Arbok a shot which puts Arbok to sleep so he can untie Arbok's tail. And Ash is confused because he's like, why would you help Team Rocket? And I guess I kind of spoke spoke a little far yeah, you, already. You, 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 you got a little bit ahead of your skis because you, you basically gave your answer before you asked the question. Yep. <laughs> the, uh, the thought process is there. Yes. So, but all right. Then, but then they cut back because they they cut to a, a like there's a weeping bell with a with a um, a Voltorb and a and a hurt Poliwhirl. But then they cut back to Arbok and the and the knots back in his tail. Yeah, they they didn't really think that through, did they? No, I mean <laughs> they didn't plan on people you know walking around pausing episodes twenty five years later. <laughs> so um, and then we go. Over to Meowth with Chansey, uh, where Meowth is trying to find his coin. And Chan Chansey's funny. Chansey brings everything but the coin. She brings a, a chess board. She brings Officer Jenny's um, police station. What was the first thing that, that, that she put on top of? Um, Meowth says she brings... Well, she because uh, Meowth says, well, I'll pay any price to help you find my charm, and she brings a bowl of rice. <laughs> and he gets so smitten, he's, or so mad. He's like, I didn't say rice, I said price. <laughs> and then, so know, there's she, comedy. <laughs> she, bring, she brings a venonat over, and then he's like, he's getting frustrated, so Chansey just straight out of airplane just smacks him around. And, and knocks him out. And puts a Band-Aid on his head. Yep. Now, knowing what we know now, I mean, obviously with the benefit of hindsight, you can see that there's uh, the wound on Meowth's head is an is an indent. Yes. Like, it's, it's not like uh, an exit wound. So, I mean, what happens... <clears throat> towards the end of the episode makes sense. Obviously, like I say, we have the benefit of hindsight. You know, people watching this fresh don't. And but oh, I'm sorry. Because well, no, because that kind of bothered me on my first viewing, and then you know, obviously, you know, subsequent rewatches, you know, <laughs> oh well, it makes complete sense. So 
we go straight from that and we're we're, we're going to be fast forward it's going to seem like we're fast forwarding a lot but that's literally the pace of the episode so we go back into the medical room with brock um and a pincer and pincers um pincher is broken off so they put super glue on it and put the um, pincher back on and everything's fixed with pincher now and then we go straight from that to the scene with Misty and Ash with the weeping bell and the Voltorb. And Ash, like a dummy number three, tries just taking Voltorb straight out of weeping bell's mouth. And he gets told, no, you can't do that. Voltorb self-destructs. You're, you're going to need to be a little bit easier with these Pokemon. And that's the second time that he's had to tell Ash that in this episode. Well, to be fair, I mean, I, was, I'm, I'm sorry that that was Jesse. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was this was Jesse and uh, Misty were working on this. Uh, the doctor was over with a <clears throat> looks like an ivy sore. Um, but yeah, um, but they're Jesse running out know. of they're running out of super glue. That's why. Yes, yeah, they are. <laughs> Jesse should Listen, know about got to move forward. Wasn't it, wasn't it a couple episodes ago they had a balloon basket full of Voltorbs that just exploded? I mean, yes. she should know all about them. <laughs> Yeah, you can't. You, you have to be, you have to be easy with them. But Chansey comes over and um, starts to take Voltorb out, and and she gets Voltorb out of Weeping Bell's mouth. Weeping Bell looks relieved and looks like he's about to go to sleep now. And we go straight to from that to another fast forward, and we have a Doug trio that head is all twisted together. And this is kind of where the episode get, gets a little funny. Well, because <laughs> these are horrific injuries. Yes. This is like an episode of Grey's Anatomy in Fast Forward. I mean, this is... This, this is awful. I mean, this was someone in the writer's room looking over and, and, and it's like, what would Pokemon look like if they were completely just hurt like let's try to hurt these pokemon for an episode and he found the best pokemon <laughs> to put into this scenario and he did it and then we get the we don't get dexter in this episode but we basically get an appearance by dexter because the freak the uh, doctor reads off a sheet talking about what uh doug three uh, uh dotrio's three heads represent <clears throat> and then ash you know has a has kind of a groaner of a line say, well, they all look angry to me. And, <laughs> and so this whole episode is like basically like uh, fear porn. This is like horror porn. It's just about like just the, the destruction of as many Pokemon as possible. Yes. To break them up and knock them down and to super glue them back together again is like, you know. The whole thing. This is uh, crazy. If, if Pokemon did saw, um, <laughs> right? So this is like massacre, Pokemon massacre episode. Yes, it is. You yeah. see, and that—that's why I wanted you on this one because it, th this is such a different episode. This is not your stereotypical Pokemon episode. It's a Pokemon medical massacre episode. Well, how did they all? How did they all get get messed up? I know that they they're in the wrong hospital now. There was a there was a big like truck accident on the on the freeway, and there was just a oh, right, right. massive pileup of Pokemon, Pokemon. that were being right, rushed right. back and forth. Well, you know, in all fairness, the 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 hospital is probably 
best for those types of emergencies. That's like what they do. The diseases is not really good. They just stick your hand, stick their hand down your throat. But for these these hospital type, they can put people's broken bones back together. And I think it's kind of appropriate. They'd be super gluing Pokemon together. That's a kind of a good thing. I I, I like that sort of model, the medical model. <laughs> Glue us back together when we get crashed on the on the highway. That's that's what we need you for. That is exactly what we need them for. And I, I have oh. a, I have a little. I mean, it's not really a joke, but um, so we 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 know that the the Dotrio um have three heads, and each head represents a different um emotion. So. The doctor literally tells Chansey, he's like, get the anesthetic. We need to um, basically put Dotrio under so we can untangle its neck. And I'm going to guess that it was the angry Dotrio head that goes and just bites that or tries to attempt to bite the doctor. The doctor um, flings the needle up into the air. It falls and pops him in the shoulder. And he's like, that's not good. And then that's basically almost the last of the doctor that we see for the majority of the episode. There's not much left, but that shot puts the doctor to sleep. He's like, I'm going nighty night. He said, I'm going to be out for probably about six hours. And he just has enough wherewithal to lay down. (laughs) And yeah, that's the main danger of these injections is like, it's not that what it's going to do to your body, like, in the long term, it's what it's it's if you if you're operating heavy machinery and then you veer off the road and kill people. Matter of fact, the accident in the beginning might have been somebody that just got their you know their recommended vaccination. <laughs> really bad on the drive back and you destroyed all these Pokemon. So the whole thing might have been generated by one of these injections. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so it's at this point where the doctor lays down to go to sleep. So, Doug, um, I'm going to hand this part over to you with Ash taking on the big challenge of the day. So, obviously, you know, thankfully they don't forget about the Tangled Doug Trio, or Dotrio, and is that, well, you know, the doctor obviously had the right idea to to knock him out and he said well i'm going to be a pokemon master so i i should be able to attack this so he sends out he sends out squirtle for water gun all that does is make him frustrated (laughs) and then he sends out pikachu afterwards to do uh thunderbolt and knocks him clean out and then he goes to capture him because you know that's ass Pokemon Trainer Instincts kick in, and Brock says, you can't catch it. That's not your... And then, oh, right. And so, then, you know, so, okay, now he's out. Now we got to figure out how to how to untangle him. And then we and, go straight over to Team Rocket, who's getting ready to scheme things up. Yeah, because... And we don't really get an explanation of how they untangle the Dotrio. We just get a montage of them helping, you know, a Sandshrew and a hip only and a and a parasect and a you know so we get uh ash's pokemon are walking the halls being of assistance and yeah at this point yeah we get um team rocket scheming in the hallway so we go straight from team rocket scheming in the hallway and we get another fast uh, well they they keep um they they start to do their model and from them doing their model 
Meowth is like, I want my charm in the middle of it. And then we find them completely knocked out on the ground. And Ash, Misty, and Brock walk over and they're like, quit it. We need help around here. And Jessie is just blunt. She's like, we're not going to help you anymore. All these Pokemon are going to be ours. We're going to take these Pokemon and we're going to leave out of here and have a good day, guys. So and they're like, how can you forget about the fact that your doc, the doctor helped your Pokemon and, you know, don't you have any decency? And James says, well, we're team rotten. So not really. <laughs> so and, and it seems like Team Rocket just always conveniently has the proper tools when it comes to any of this. But they have three stretchers that have extendable arms, which ended up grabbing our trio and basically holding them down right and you know <clears throat> so they're all held pikachu's in a set of hands and ash again is like don't you have a heart there's there's pokemon that need to be treated and then james just starts wielding a, a, a daggum needle and i don't know what he was going to do to ash but chancy steps in the way uh, to act as a shield, and the Jessie Pokemon says, don't well, want to don't want to attack her. Yeah, Jesse says, "Well, we'll fix that." And you know, sends Arbok, and Arbok takes a step back and flat out shakes his head, and then the Doctor comes back into the scene. Right, because James tries it with Weezing, and Weezing wants no part either. And then the Doctor says, "Well, these Pokemon remember that Chansey was assisting them." So they don't want to hurt her. Right, which, you know, is, is a good lesson for kids. I mean, and this kind of makes me think that they sat in this hospital for six hours because the doctor says, well, I'm going to be out for six hours. Yeah, and it, it, this episode just takes a big fast forward um, at this point because Jesse just ends up getting mad. She throws some type of poison or medicine at the doctor. The doctor has what looks like a knife in his hand and he just cuts it right in half and he's and then he opens his jacket and goes i have all the ammunition i need basically scares off team rocket in this episode and team rocket instead of blasting off just goes and runs straight through a wall yeah i mean they get um yeah because they're they're trying to outrun the stretchers and apparently the stretchers are... Um, they have a mind of their own. They have a mind of their own. Uh, I don't want to know what that wall was made out of because Team Rocket just jumped right through it, basically. And James is basically like, well, it's not a total loss. I was able to get this Pokemon. And once again, it's a <clears throat> Voltorb and it explodes. And they go blasting into the air. And then we have the... The thrilling conclusion to Meowth's saga, because we do find out that the <laughs> Meowth the charm was, his charm. Well, it was just it was um embedded in the yeah it, that's the word exactly embedded and the the pressure of landing flush on his head knocked him back out. So, and then we go straight from that back to the doctor. They're thanking the doctor for helping them and. The trio is on their way to their next adventure, which we will find out next week what, what's going on. But this was a very weird episode. That was that was 
how they ended this episode. Like, this episode was ER, an hour-long ER episode just meshed into, like, 15 minutes. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we don't find out how they untied the Doug, the Dotrio. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say we never see this doctor again. Um, it, you know, and, and it's frustrating because as high as the stakes were in this episode, right, nothing is going to be addressed on the next episode. It's just, That's we're just not going to talk about, we're not going to talk about our heroes being makeshift doctors and saving lives. No, because we go straight from this to an episode called Holy Matrimony. So. Yeah. So <laughs> it sounds like they are absolutely preaching to children <laughs> in a way that is uh, definitely questionable here. Yes. This is this sounds like a, a little bit of a nightmare for a, a five year old to have to follow that. How old were you when you when you were listening to that? Um, let's see. We were well. I at at this age, I was eight, going on nine when this episode was was released. Wow, that's pretty young. Yes, and no possible way to have understood all of the messaging in there at no. that point. Did you have your parents watch it with you? Uh, my parents could not stand Pokemon as much as I liked it. <laughs> Even though they got me everything <laughs> for Pokemon, they could not stand watching the show. <laughs> but did they monitor it? Like, did they watch it and say, okay, this is content that, you know, it's okay to put you in front of? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I, I was when I was growing up, I was I was huge into Power Rangers. So I don't think anything could get any worse than um, grown teenagers beating up adults on a weekly ba- on a weekly Friday Friday night. <laughs> so I'm sure they, they they looked at Pokemon and was like, all right, well, all right, it, it's just a cartoon. It comes on kids kids WB. All right, you can watch it. Yeah, how bad can it so be? They, honestly, so they just trusted that these this messaging was okay without actually really investigating it and watching it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the wow. '90s for you. The power. Did the Power Rangers ever get into these medical sort of issues <laughs> with uh, <laughs> doctors and different, you know, ER-based uh, plot lines? Oddly, no. Um, my, my son was into it for a little bit, so I, I kind of got back into Power Rangers with him. He he watches a little bit of Pokemon now, but he's more into other stuff. But watching Power Rangers back when I bought the DVD set for him, no. I mean, there was a lot of subliminal messages in in Power Rangers and things you think about now as adults, but no, they. I mean, it was. I I like to chum it up to it was it was the '90s and people didn't yeah. really people didn't really look too much into like you you could have so many things on TV back in the '90s that people when they watch TV shows now if it aired today there there would be rallies. So <laughs> of course, yeah, of no course, kidding. it's really. No a different time. It's really very, very different now. Absolutely. But just interesting because, you know, I mean, you have to sit there with your kids at first, the first time through and go, if that happened to be the episode that you just <laughs> landed on, <laughs> imagine that. Like, all right, let's check out this, this this Pokemon thing for our kids. And there you are with the doctor and all that stuff. You're like, what is going on? What is this? So, And, you know, then you discuss it with your kids afterwards, which is – 
kind of what we're doing now, except as adults. <laughs> yes. So, all right. Well, that that was the episode. And Jason, I, I'd like to fully thank you again for for taking an hour out of your day to come on and and be a part of our show. I I, I really appreciate it. I'm sure Doug really appreciates appreciates it too as well. Yeah, ah, you're I very mean, welcome. This was this was fantastic. I mean, you know, I mean, we I feel like we got a little bit of an impromptu concert. I mean, you, you just <laughs> happen to be sitting at a piano. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, to get to to hear the theme song like coming out live. I mean, like I say, I got goosebumps. Um, uh, I, I I have to ask real real quick. Are you still by your piano? I, I am not actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> so, all right, Doug. Sorry, you. I, I kind of jumped over you. <laughs> no, I mean this. This was a. This was great. Like I say, like uh, like Chris said, you know, thanks for you know sticking with us for about an hour, kind of <clears throat> dealing with well, our. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's great to to add value to the ecosystem, and you know, like I said, it's it's guys like you that are that are responsible for making this skyscraper <laughs> so big and and all of the adventure and different things that you can find in it is because of all the stuff that you're creating um i just discovered the card collecting community in july i didn't even realize how robust that was with the facebook groups and all the people uh investing in these cards so yeah the card business up. is crazy yeah it's, it's taking crazy. off again I've been autographing cards at at my on my web shop, and now I'm starting to go to actual brick and mortar card stores around where these communities build, where like people they actually go and trade and in in the real world, not just on Facebook groups. But uh, so it's really an interesting interesting journey, and you guys are, you know, kind of part of that whole thing. Yeah, and as you're making your own stuff and putting it out there so thank you for for doing that and if uh, anybody's interested they can go to my my web shop or uh catch me at like collecticon i'll be at collecticon next month okay um in, in texas and then uh you know a couple other interesting events that are happening you know they, they somebody sold that four hundred fifty thousand dollar uh box of yeah. vintage box and to somebody in Germany, and I'm probably going to be present when they open it. Oh, wow. Theme, theme song performance, and maybe even get to sign a couple cards from that box, which would be really cool. But, you know, all these people creating these events, and uh, that, that's what you guys are, so keep it up. Well, thank you. And uh, what, what is that website um, um, for our audience um, that they can find, find oh. all of yours? Yeah, jasonpage.com, P-A-I-G-E dot com and slash shop, S-H-O-P, or just, you know, the, the, the landing page. There's some my, my OG vintage cards right on the front that, I'm, that I've been uh, signing a lot of lately. When I started it, I didn't even realize uh, there was this thing called grading these cards. And uh, now people are buying these cards. They're getting them autographed from me, and then they're sending them in, grading them, and starting to see them come back from PSA and CGC and all these grading companies. Uh, it's really neat to see. Um, so awesome. check it out. All right. That's awesome. Well, all right, everybody. I, I don't think uh, the, the show can get any better than this as of right now, but 
Um, thank you again, Jason. And Doug, go ahead and give your goodbye, Doug. Goodbye, Doug. And this is Wrestling Chris G telling all of you, you don't want to miss next week's episode because it's a great one. Holy Matrimony, episode 48. Have a good night, everyone. (laughs) Peace out.